Hi, and welcome to Yubcast, your Star Wars cartoon podcast. My name is Matt, and this bounty hunter is my kind of scum, fearless and inventive. And I'm Jamie, and I knew there was more to you than money. No, we both... Well, I guess mine's Han adjacent. Yours is good. <laughs> it's, uh, I like that one a lot. It, they're OT, so... We're still doing Bad Batch, um, but did you do any Star Wars this week? Uh, yeah, I actually... Um, for some reason, I get like free comics through Kindle um, with the Amazon, my Amazon account, and so I was actually reading the uh, Knights of the Old Republic uh, Omnibus comic. Completely uncanon, you know, not canon, but... Um, it's just fun to read about um, about halfway through. What's what characters are in that comic? Uh, it follows a bunch of um, Jedi that that I'd never heard of. You know, they talk about people. It's like it's during the Mandalorian Wars, before uh, Revan and Malak fall to the dark side. You know, they, like there's Mandalore, but there's all the, like all the Jedi in there. I don't I don't recognize them, and it's 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 quite an interesting story. Um, and like the Jedi, like they know their families. Um, you know, it's more like, um, you know, instead of being uh, like how it is, uh, like in the uh, Clone Wars and like the prequel trilogy, where they uh, get them as kids, it's more like uh, they get uh, they get chosen to go to the Jedi because they're strong in the Force. So you know, they could be like Jedi training is more like boarding school, you know, for people who are talented in the Force. So it it makes it very interesting. That's great. I've not read those comics, and that sounds like a really fresh take on being a Jedi. That's pretty exciting. Oh yeah, and and one of the interesting parts is that they these Jedi's um, they 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 still use the um, like the different um, classes, and there are a bunch of them, these there's these Jedi's that are uh, they're consulars, and they all like have this vision that like a like somebody in red is going to like decimate the Jedi. And all their Padawans are like doing a zero G training in red, in red spacesuits. So they think that it's their Padawans. So they murder all their Padawans, and one escapes. A bit, and then you you find out it's just kind of like this self fulfilling prophecy, of them trying to uh, to stop uh, this Jedi. And really, it comes down to that uh, at a certain point, you meet a Jedi in red that was captured and tortured by the Mandalorians named Alec, and he doesn't have any hair. And when Alec is uh, who Malik was before he fall, fell to the dark side, so it's it's kind of interesting. There's like a secret cabal inside the Jedi. It's um, interesting. It wouldn't be, I, I would not be uh, sad if they incorporated elements of that into like the High Republic. That's some Canterbury shit, where you kill all your students, but one of them escapes, and that's the one that kills all of you. Mm-hmm. That's that's some wild stuff. Um. This week, I'm still having sort of a light Star Wars week. I've been catching up on some of my favorite other Star Wars podcasts, and um, I've been reading some of the short stories. So I've been reading the Blade Squadron stories. I got a new a new compilation. They released a... It's called the Fiction Collection. About half of the book is Legends, non-canon, and half of the book is canon. And this is called Volume 1. Presumably, there'll be a Volume 2 with the rest of the canon stories. Mm-hmm. Um, but the but the Blade Squadron stuff is in there, and that, that's pretty interesting. It's sort of a Rebellion-era squadron. It's, it's a short story, so it's it's easy to pick up and read for 20 minutes and put down and go do something else. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So not a whole lot from me this week. I did watch I did watch Bad Batch. Yeah, yeah, me too. I've um, also um, rewatching it with the kids, so they're catching up, and eventually uh, they'll be up to speed, and then maybe we can start watching it um, together since they're out of school now. So it's they can they can watch it during the day or in the morning. But I don't know. Do you want to get started? Sure. So that's as much of a theme for Bad Batch as we get in this show. <laughs> um, so today's episode is Bad Batch Season 1, Episode 5, Rampage. Rampage! <laughs> uh, little help? And don't worry, I'm not going to do too many drops, but I definitely wanted to get that one in there. <laughs> so it's entitled Rampage. Its original air date was today, May 28th, 2021. And it was directed by Stuart Lee and written by Tamara Betcher Wilkinson. So I'm going to do the little background on those two real quick. So Stuart Lee, we should be getting pretty familiar with at this point. He is Star Wars royalty. He was the he holds the record for the producer on the or director on most on the most episodes of Clone Wars. And his his list of credits is insane. He did about a third of Rebels, about half of Resistance, and we're on episode five, and he's done three of Bad Batch as the director. So this guy is like Filoni level animation director. And then the author, Tamara Betcher Wilkinson, um, this is her first Star Wars credit, but she is pretty prolific outside of Star Wars. So she wrote on Buffy. She wrote on she she's done a lot of um, producer writing credits for Marvel. She was producer on Marvel's new Daredevil series. She was a writer for the Sarah Connor, Sarah Connor Chronicles, and um, a bunch of other stuff. But but this was her first Star Wars credit, and she was tweeting today how excited she was to finally get her chance to write for Star Wars, and what this episode meant to her as a fan. I won't give it give too much away, but it shows that. A fan wrote this episode. Um, yeah, I could, be- really loves, I could believe really it. Really love Star Wars. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. No, so yeah, I just say I, I definitely I could believe it. All right, so we should start in on the plot summary. So the show starts with the ship in hyperspace, and Omega is getting this little bracer put on her arm. Um, it's an, it's com device for the Bad Batch. Um, so we start out the show by giving a twelve year old a cell phone. They reveal that it was crosshairs, but he's not using it, and based on all of the hijinks Omega gets into, they decided that they need a way to contact her, because they tend to get separated a lot. Um, Omega is thrilled. She loves it, and she calls Echo, who's standing immediately (laughs) behind her. It's like a kid playing with a new walkie-talkie. I got my son's... I got my son a walkie-talkie set for his birthday, and, uh... I'm very familiar with this phenomenon. Yeah. Once I got them all tuned to the same thing, they're talking to each other, they're all in the same room. I'm like, go in other rooms, go outside. These things have a range of a mile. Go to your house and call back. To the oh, wow. Did you get them nice ones? I'm very surprised how cheap good walkie-talkies are these days. Oh. I, got a, I got a set that have over a mile range in city, and they gave one to their friends who live several blocks away, and, and it works. Oh, nice. Yeah, they're really cheap. Yeah, I ended up, uh, I got uh, some nice ones for scouting. Where I actually had to get, a, I think it was it's an FRMS license to use it because it it has a lot more channels than just the, the basic, uh, you know, 
uh, walkie-talkies you get at like a, a Target or Walmart. Yeah, this this was basic channel stuff, so nothing, nothing, no certification required. All right, enough walkie-talkie talk. <laughs> Hot walkie-talkie talk. <laughs> Welcome to walkie-talkie talk. <laughs> Your Star Wars cartoon walkie-talkie podcast. So she gets her bracer with her walkie-talkie in it. Um, Omega asks Hunter why they're going to Ord Mantell if they previously wanted to lay low. Hunter says that because there's a bounty, ha- bounty hunter hunting Omega, they have to figure it out. This And Echo has a contact there who used to work with the Jedi. Go ahead. Okay, so that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I would think if there's a bounty hunter after you, laying low is exactly what you'd want to do. That's the mistake the Mandalorian made, though. He knew that bounty hunters were after them, and they went to the Sanctuary Village, and then that Kubot, Kubas, the the alien with the horse stick for a nose, <laughs> um, he ends up trying to kill Baby Yoda. Right, but they know he didn't know that she, that uh, people were coming. They know that she's going to try to find them, so you know they're elite. Special operations soldiers—they could easily trap and kill any bounty hunters that come. Also, Ord Mantell is an interesting choice. I know they set it up that this is a contact that Echo knows, and it's basically the only one that he knows of. Um, they established that, but it's—it's it's, Ord Mantell's in the comics a lot about how corrupt the planet is. It's basically the most dangerous planet in the galaxy. But whatever, this is the plot. Yeah. So the Bad Batch land on Ord Mantell and work their way through the city to the contact's location. It is a shithole. And on their way, wandering through these super dirty alleys, Hunter and Echo are sort of quizzing Omega on the rules. They're don't wander off, keep your eyes and ears on your surroundings, trust no one, in your, no one but people in your squad. And if you get into trouble, use the comm to give your location. So they're walking through the city with Omega and then they arrive... At their location, it's sort of this underground bar slash casino. As they're going in, Echo reveals that he doesn't actually know who they're meeting, just that their name is Sid, and he doesn't know who they are. Hunter asks this old Trandoshan woman if she knows who Sid is. She tells him to get lost. Um, The Bad Batch argue and discuss how their mission has failed because they tried nothing and ran out of ideas. (laughs) This is this is like the most defeatist I've ever seen them. Yeah. They're just like like the old lady told us to get lost. What are you gonna do now? I guess we give up. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, Omega realizes that the old Trandoshan is Sid, and she f- informs the squad via her comm device once again from him about five feet away. So, did you know who Sid is? The actor. Yeah. I did. I didn't look it up. Who is it? So it took me, you know, it took me a second time to be like, gosh, this person sounds really familiar. This is Rhea Perlman. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> From Cheers. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And she's, you know, and she's married to Danny DeVito. So maybe we can get Danny DeVito in Star Wars. Actually, I just want... Oh, I just want Frank from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia in Star Wars. Well, that's awesome. Now that you said it, it's definitely it definitely sounds like Rhea Perlman. I uh, I watched it four times. So I did not look up all the actors who played the parts. Thank you for that. So after Omega out Sid, the old Trandoshan woman is Sid. She takes him in the back to talk. Sid dislikes the Empire and misses the Jedi. 
she was running some scam with them. Um, and she quickly identifies the Bad Batch as clone defectors. She said she's never worked with clone defectors before. Um, she asks what they're doing there, and Echo shows her a hologram of Fennec Shand. They want her to identify the bounty hunter and look up information about her. But Sid doesn't recognize her, but she recognizes her as a bounty hunter, nevertheless. Sid offers a trade. She will do research into this bounty hunter if the Bad Batch will rescue a kid named Moochie, held by Zygerian slavers somewhere on the planet. Do you want to say what you thought at this point in the show uh so far i was um so far i was pretty happy it's not um it's not them stopping off for gas and then omega gets lost this seems like it's actually doing something so this uh, was this was the plot that you've been sort of hoping for i thought like yeah. this is like them becoming like bounty hunters or mercenaries mm-hmm. or something like this is this is their inroad to that world so the Bad Batch agree to this trade, and they head off to an area that Sid tells them they're in. She gives them a little chip with some information. And the Zygarians are hiding in the ruins of Ord Mantel City. On the way, they get back in their ship and sort of fly to a different part of the planet. On the way, Wrecker complains that he has a headache again. This is a drive-by. Hunter literally says, are you feeling okay? And he's rubbing his head, and he's like, yeah, I'm fine. But he's clearly in pain. Mm-hmm. It's a callback to his previous head injuries and headache in a couple episodes back. It's definitely, you know, like something's coming to a head. They've The one time could have been like, oh, it's because he hit his head. But, you know, something's definitely going on. And I'm kind of afraid where it's going to lead. This is that Chekhov's gun I was talking about a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. They're definitely loading this gun. And it's going to go off. It's got to. Right. So Omega asks what a slave is, because she's lived a very sheltered life, and she gets a crash course in human trafficking from the Bad Batch. This really fires Omega up to rescue this kid. They, there was a good opportunity that I feel like was missed. They talk about, like, humans owning other humans, or, other, like, people owning other people, and it's like, the clones are essentially slaves. They don't really see themselves as, or they don't see themselves as property, but, you know, the, the Kaminoans see them as property. And, you know, maybe this, maybe that's just a, um, maybe that's something that they don't want to admit to themselves, but they are essentially slaves. I had the, I had the exact same thought in this exact same moment when they're, when she's like, well, how can people own other people? You're like, you were talking to a manufactured army <laughs> who was built on contract. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's a great that's a great great point. I'm glad you brought that up. All right, so Bad Batch lands and they survey the area and they see some slaves, a couple slaves down in the area, and there's a child among them, and about a dozen Zygarians. And Zygarians, if you don't know, there's a Zygarian in the High Republic comics. They sort of look like Thundercats. Yeah, but skinnier. Um, they have, they're sort of like leopards i guess or cougar or not cougars but like <laughs> spotted spotted cats right yeah they're sort of surveying the area and they form a rudimentary plan to rescue the kid and it's basically we're going to go in there punching um but before they go in they send omega back to the ship she argues for a second but they really institutionalized her into this military unit and she follows orders and so she heads back 
Echo is assigned as lookout, so he goes. He climbs up on a structure, and the rest of the Bad Batch head into the city. Echo relays locations of the Zygarians he sees, but he's immediately attacked by a Breezak, which is a sort of dragon flying reptile. It's a pretty cool design, but it's it's like a huge lizard that flies, sort of yeah. flies. Yeah, it's got like the uh, the flying squirrel kind of flaps on the side. I mean, I think that there's other like there's actually like lizards that have something like that, but all they can think of is flying squirrels. They were in the other Zygarian episode in Clone Wars. The Zygarians flew on them in in that episode as well. Um, so did Obi Wan at one point. Um, so this is a legacy animal, I should say. Anyway, the Brzak attacks Echo, and he falls off his lookout. And this sort of gives away their location to all of the guards. There's a very short battle, and the Bad Batch is quickly captured by the Zygarians. Um, at this point, we cut back to Sid's office, and Sid is talking to a hologram. You can't really tell who it is easily. And she's telling this hologram that Moochie will be back soon and that she has her best people on it. I want to pause here for a second. Did you recognize the hologram at this point? I knew it was a Twi'lek. I didn't know who it was. I had a good idea. Yeah, I would put I would put my confidence that it was who it ended up being at this point at about an 80% and maybe an 85%. But it does sort of pan around and you can see the Leku. And I was mm-hmm. like, all right, so it's it's a Twi'lek male talking about a talking about Moochie, right? Mm-hmm. But I was like, okay, so who knows who this is going to be? So back on the ship, Omega is sort of using shoe polish or something to paint her trooper to match the Bad Batch armor. Um, these Zygarians show up to search the ship for additional people. Gonky, the Gonktroid, and Omega both hide. Omega eventually slips out of the ship and goes out looking for the Bad Batch. The Zygarians return to base after clearing the ship. Omega calls the Bad Batch on her comm. Nobody nobody responds. She realizes they've been captured. Before I get into the next part, like the the sound of the speeder bikes was just phenomenal. I don't know what I don't know why I zeroed in on it in this episode, but it was just it was great. The type of speeder bike they were on is the type of speeder bike Cad Bane uses in the Clone Wars movie. It's a very specific design of a speeder bike, um, and I know I noticed it because I have the toy, mm-hmm. um, and it's very it's a very cool design. And I was very happy to see it. I don't I don't know if I've just been missing it in a bunch of stuff, but. It's a very cool thing to show up out of out of uh, basically nowhere. Back to the uh, Zargarian camp, uh, the Bad Batches and Shackles, and they keep getting shocked. Wrecker tries to get they all they all have kind of shock collars on. They Wrecker's trying to get out, but he gets shocked, and uh, then I think Echo gets shocked for mouthing off. The Brizak is the pet of the leader of the Zygarians. While in captivity, the Bad Batch try to formulate a plan. You know, they want to warn Omega before the Zygarians find the ship, but Tekko sees Omega sneaking around, and they start signaling her to move around to get their weapons. 
The Zagarian uh, slaver leader, Rainy, tells the Bad Batch that they are now his slaves. The Bad Batch uh, distract the slavers while Omega is sneaking around. Rainy threatens to feed Wrecker to the Breezak for injuring his man. Now this is kind of cool, like Omega accidentally slipped like uh, and like hit a rock and knocked a rock down, so all the Zagarians looked, so Wrecker just booted a rock and then just knocked, that knocked a guy over. I thought that was pretty, I thought that was pretty cool. I love this sequence in general because it, it it's giving it's giving Omega a lot of agency, and for once, well maybe not for once, but definitely in this scene, it feels like she's part of their team in like a really integral way. Mm-hmm. And Hunter is like giving her hand signals and like motioning with his chin and like pointing at things subtly, and she's knows what the mission is and echo says something like like we can't do anything because our weapons are over there <laughs> yeah right and then she starts working her way over to the weapons but that that scene where wrecker kicks that boulder and like breaks that guy's leg is hilarious it's it was definitely like a laugh out loud moment for me when i was watching watching it because it was not expected but it was perfect for the moment so uh omega is sneaking around uh towards the weapon pile but ends up near some sort of cage she goes to open the cage but she's caught by the zagarians she's brought to rainy where omega reveals that she's actually unlocked the cage uh the zagarians rush over to close it but it's too late a rampaging adolescent rancor emerges from the cage and starts ripping through everyone now this is pretty cool. I wasn't sure if it was a rancor or not until until Tech actually said something about it, it being a juvenile rancor. It's like, oh yeah, of course. You know, I was pretty sure, but it looked the proportions didn't look quite right. Yeah, I mean it's it's tough because we've never really seen in something in this format a baby rancor. I think there might have been a baby Lego rancor in one of the Lego things, but it's hard to take that stuff seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very it's not strange for animals to have different proportions at different life stages in their life cycle but on rewatch the bias is already installed it looks very much like a rancor right like little features like it's like the plates on its shoulders like where the horns are you can see the tiny horns all over it um it's a very cool design yeah (laughs) thank you i've got i've got limited drops so i gotta just Use them where I can. With this distraction, the Bad Batch decides to uh, break their chains. Wrecker breaks the chains, and they help uh, uh, free the other slaves. They are... can't think of the name, but I think it's a lot of them, like the Criminal Syndicate, the Black Sun Syndicate. He's, they're, um, these type of aliens are green-skinned with like the ponytail up in the back of the head. Yeah, I don't know the name of the alien either, but I guess I can try to look it up they're, later. You know, okay. And they... For a long time, there was a kid there, and they assumed the kid was Moochie. And the adult's like, you know, not like he's saying something that Moochie, then he points at the Rancor, like, that's Moochie. And they're just like, oh, geez, Moochie's the Rancor. This whole thing is to uh, rescue a Rancor. It's such a beautiful twist. It's it's such a cartoon twist. And it's such it's so contrived, because you would never send... You would never tell them not to, to rescue the Rancor as, like, the mission parameter. But yeah. they they had to figure out from context clues and someone on site telling them like that's Moochie because they're about to kidnap this kid. Right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's and the bottom line. 
And you know, honestly, like you had mentioned, like asked before, if I thought I knew who the the person on the the um, the hollow to with Sid was, as soon as the rancor escaped, I knew it all came together. And it's like, yep, this is this is happening. This is cool, and which well, I'll get to the the Bad Batch having freed the slaves. They refocus on going after the rancor because that's the mission. Omega and Tech take the slaves to safety, and the rest go after Muchi. The Zagarians cannot control the Rancor. Muchi is just destroying them left and right. When the Zagarian guards, they're mostly gone. Rainy shows up with on his Brizak and attacks the Bad Batch and Muchi. Hunter knocks Rainy off the Brizak, and they fight. There's a kind of an Iron Man 2 moment where he <clears throat> he uses his uh, Rainy uses his whip. Uh, that's electrified on Hunter, but Hunter just kind of, you know, works through the pain and, you know, ends up uh, knocking uh, Zany out. Or, sorry, not Zany. Uh, knocking Rainy out. Yeah, it was a great it was a great moment for him, right? Because it's... It, um, Iron Man 2 is a good call out for it. I think he just sort of powers through the pain of getting this whip on him, and he just overpowers... Rainy and Rainy's really no match for Hunter. Mm-hmm. Mucci and the Brizak fight. It seems like the Brizak's gonna win, but eventually Mucci just keeps on biting and smashing the Brizak, and the Brizak ends up uh, running off. Wrecker asks Tess how they're gonna capture the Rancor to fulfill the mission. Tex says that Rancors live in a hierarchy, and all they have to do is dominate it, so it's no longer the Alpha. Wrecker decides that he's gonna fight the Beast in hand to hand to assert his dominance. That's before he pees on it to show that he owns it. <laughs> so I I thought this was highly silly. Um, I, I keep saying I'm not going to give away what I feel about this episode, but I was I love the monster on monster fight. Mm-hmm. I I thought it was so great, and I I wanted the Rancor to kill that Brizak, but it just sort of flies off at the end. Like when once it realizes it can't win, I love that monster monster fight, and then when. When Tech is like, all I have to do is dominate it, and Mercury's like, okay, and he starts walking <laughs> over there, and I'm just like, this is so fucking, like, like silly. I'm just laughing at this. Like, yeah. Mercury's like, fine, I have to fist fight a Rancor to win. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Moochie and Wrecker go back and forth, but eventually, they're just. It's just the point where they're. It's it's like the old. Uh, if you ever watched wrestling where you know like it's the main event and they've just beaten the hell out of each other but the you know hulk hogan just happens to have just a little bit more strength and he just pins the pins his opponent and wins there's there's a moment in this fight where it looks like they're almost slapping each other (laughs) (laughs) it's pretty it's pretty good and they just keep getting slower and slower and then they collapse it's very entertaining and i should say that also when Omega and Tech uh, fight their way to get to uh, some speeders to get the help the slaves escape, Omega picks up an energy bro- bow dropped by one of the Zygerians. Now this is the bow that you see her with in the uh, the original trailer. So now she is uh, now she has a weapon, which is cool. She doesn't get to use it this episode, but she picks it up, and we know she gets to use it in the future. So yeah, that's very fun. yeah. It's like a weird. It's like a it's like an energy bow that attaches to your arm, but it's like full size. It's strange, but you know, whatever. Star Wars. And so, after after Wrecker wins, 
it goes back to Sid's office. Bib Fortuna shows up with some Gamorrean guards. So it's it was Bib Fortuna. That's exactly you know as I had thought, and I'm guessing you too. And Sid call, uh, calls him Java's right hand man. Bib is asking about Moochie. Sid tries to defuse the situation because she doesn't think that the Bad Batch are up to it. Then uh, Bib Fortuna hears Moochie, uh, and he goes running. And outside, Omega is riding Moochie, and the Bad Batch is walking alongside. Sid points out that everything is fine, and that and Bib Fortuna uh, uh, pays her. Moochie leaves with Bib and the guards. Sid says she wasn't sure they pulled it off, and Echo complains that she didn't tell him that they are going to get a Rancor. And, you know, honestly, if I was Sid, I wouldn't have told anybody that they were going to get a Rancor anyways, because nobody would have gone. Then uh, Sid calls Hunter into her office. She tells Hunter about the bounty hunter. The bounty hunter is obviously Finnick Shand. She's new, but she's got a, you know, she's already making a reputation for herself. She doesn't know who hired her. Sid offers Hunter future work as a mercenary working for her. Sid sort of threatens Hunter as he leaves her office, saying that she knows that they're valuable, but that she's good at keeping secrets. And then that's just kind of the end. So it's a yeah. The show really smash cuts to credits after she says, "I'm good at keeping secrets." Yeah, it's kind of like, well, she's kind of got them by the short and curlies. They're obviously, you know, valuable and on the run, and they need money. So, you know, if they, you know, if they want uh, her help, they're kind of at her mercy. Yeah, she she has cheap she has cheap competent labor now because she can threaten them, and she's dishonest and established as a dishonest enough character um that she would take advantage of them and i really hope i really hope this is a large part of the rest of this season is them getting jobs from sid Mm -hmm. well let's do let's do a quick quick temperature check um did you enjoy this episode i did i liked it a lot it was um you know it was definitely you know something to move the plot along but it wasn't just them stopping to get you know get gas and some hijinks happen. You know, a lot happened, and it, it tied into Return of the Jedi, which I really appreciated. I liked that a lot. So we're going to get to the Return of the Jedi stuff in a second. Um, I enjoyed the last couple of episodes because it's Star Wars, and you you need those sort of pauses in the story to help build character and world build. This felt like really top-notch Star Wars to me. It was stuff we'd never seen before. It was new characters. It was interesting plot. It was setting up potentially a bigger plot with Sid. Um, we didn't learn anything about Echo, or not Echo, um, Crosshair. He's not been in the last three episodes. Um, so I'm hoping we get back to the Empire soon. There was no Imperial presence at all, so I'm hoping they start showing up again. But overall, I loved it. I thought it was fun and funny and so enjoyable and i watched it four times today um um and one of those was a notes notes run for us but every single time i noticed something else mm-hmm. and i think i think there's some cool stuff in sid's office too which i wanted to go back because she had like some clone helmets on the wall on like a shelf on the wall and things like that and i want to go back and scrub her office for artifacts and things but i, I really really enjoyed this episode a lot and I, I don't know if you caught it, the Zygerian uh, Rainy, you know, 
Echo complains that, hey, you know, slavery is outlawed in the Republic. And he's like, uh, yeah, the Republic isn't around anymore. And it's just kind of letting us, the view, the viewer, know that, yeah, things are going to really start sucking for everybody, and you know, under the Empire because the Empire doesn't care about slavery. This is this is like the that was almost like a quote from the Phantom Menace, right? Where where the naive Queen Amidala says like the slavery's outlawed in the Republic. And they're like, oh, people don't care about slaves out here, right? But he's saying. Like, we're not in the Republic anymore. Like, slavery is back on. He's actually talking about, like, moving off of this planet and going back to wherever they're from, right? Because now they have power, and there's not going to be any enforcement. Yeah. Yeah, so they can go back to their uh, their old shenanigans. So here's, here's the missed opportunity of the show. We could have seen a young, skinny Rancor Keeper. The guy who cries in Return of the Jedi when the Rancor dies. I, I had I had a I had a thought about that. Bear with me. This would be a this would be a major canon re- rewrite of canon. Because what's the character's name? Malachi. Malachi. Mal- yeah, something like that. Wrecker is Malachi. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Like, why not? I mean, Malachi's got both of his eyes, but. Um, why not? It's 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 funny enough, right? Yeah. Uh, and it was funny enough to where I tweeted on our on our Twitter account about it earlier today, saying like like well, I wish we would have seen him. And I had a, I had the screenshot of him crying. Well, now you know now you know how to uh, train a rancor. You just have to dominate it early on. I guess like most animals, you just prove that you're the alpha. The you're you're that you're the um, you're the one in charge, and it will. You know, it will uh, submit to you even something as humongous and terrifying as a rancor. Yeah, I mean, it works with dogs, right? Mm-hmm. Dogs, Basically. lions, bears. I want to talk a little bit about Bib Fortuna showing up and the tie-in with uh, Return of the Jedi now. Um, I was very excited to see Bib Fortuna, and I think we've talked about this on previous episodes. Gamorrean guards are some of my favorite toys and background characters, and I, I sort of collect Gamorrean guards. And so I was very excited to see them as well. Um, how did you think, how do you feel this tied into Return of the Jedi? Oh, I thought it was great. I loved it. Return of the Jedi is probably the movie, as a kid, I'd seen the most. Because we had recorded it off of HBO. And I just watched it nonstop. I th- yeah, I I'm right was, there with you. I thought it was, uh, I, thought, I thought it was great. I, I just, I, you know, I loved the idea you know that just tying it in to return of the jedi and because the last time we you know last time we saw bib fortuna he just got he got he got uh he got blown away by uh he got blown away by boba fett yeah and he was super fat sitting on jabba's throne should we talk about the controversy the canon controversy that's circulating in star wars right now about this episode uh no no let's just leave it <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, we got to. Um, so the name of the Rancor in canon is Patissa. Maybe M- Moochie is Patissa's baby, or so. So my this is the other thing I engaged in on Twitter today because um, everybody was fighting about this. Because one, P- 
people were like, so Luke kills a super cute Rancor? Well, when he kills the Rancor, it's not super cute. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure all of the womp rats he was shooting in his T-16 <laughs> all had really charming backstories. Right? Let's not, <laughs> not turn into PETA, guys. Yeah. Right, so animals get killed. Yeah, it's That's like... That big a deal. When people were uh, mad at Jason Sudeikis for punching Baby Yoda. Exactly. <laughs> and Baby Yoda has agency, right? I yeah. mean, the Rancor has agency too, but it's not intelligence, right? If you were to like write up its D&D's character, she would have an intelligence of zero, right? Mm-hmm. You can hit the nerd button again if you want. Uh, no, I don't want to. Because okay. you told me to. Yeah. And, you know, dance monkey. Um, but the other... Th- But the other thing is, I have two names, right? Like uh, lots of lots of things have two names. Yeah. Right? M- maybe Moochie is like uh, in whatever you know in Hatties, you know, like Patisa. Maybe Moochie is just the nickname. Patisa is the is the formal name. Yeah, we we have a dog named Waylon, but we call him Piggy because he snorts like uh, like a pig. So it could just be a nickname. You know, there's a lot of names that have strange nicknames like offshoots but you also hit on you also hit on the other point that i like about about this controversy is that there's more than one rancor mm-hmm. right there's nothing saying that java doesn't have six of them right right and if if you had six pets and you're or you had like six lions right and you're trying to feed this christian to a lion and you're a roman emperor or whatever and you put the lion and the Christian in the Colosseum, and the Christian cuts the lion's head off. Maybe you wouldn't send in another lion. Maybe yeah. You just shoot, maybe you just shoot that guy or throw him into the pit of Carcoon. Yeah. So maybe you didn't want to kill Moochie. Yeah, maybe Jabba's like uh, Joe Exotic or something. So you know, he's just feeding all those Twilight girls meth. <laughs> there's a there's a there's a Tiger King tie-in. I don't think we've ever had one of those. <laughs> Yeah, Joe Joe Exotic was um, gay, so he would be feeding the guys meth, right? Yeah, the, the Gamorrean guards <laughs> uh, meth and, and marrying them. So, so overall, I think the tie-in to Return of the Jedi was really, really great in in this episode. Yeah, I think it's one of the better, like original uh, original trilogy tie-ins that that I can recall like like Star Trek the Next Generation used to do this all the time with the original uh the original series but it was just it was just so clunky and and over the top it's just like yeah we get it yeah you served with Captain Kirk big fucking deal you know Oh you actually found Scotty in a transporter buffer yeah. this is going to be fun for about 10 minutes oh this show's 40 minutes <laughs> Yeah, okay. like, oh, Spock says you remind him of another captain you he served with. Hmm, who could that be? Captain Pike. Yes, exactly. I just want to comment on the uh, the title of the episode, Rampage. Um, what do you think it refers to? Uh, Rampage Jackson, the MMA fighter? I thought it might refer to the arcade video game where you're like a gorilla who punches out windows until the building falls down. Oh, and then Dwayne, Dwayne the Rock Jackson is like uh, the trainer who is yeah, the only one who understands movie. you. Yeah, it did become a movie at some point, didn't it? No, yeah. it just 
it's just one of those things from my childhood. I remember going to this Italian restaurant with my family all the time. They had this in the lobby, and it just played over and over and over again. It was always like the Godzilla and the King Kong character oh. climbing up the buildings and punching them until they fell down. Yeah, we had something similar, except it was Golden Axe. But uh, yeah, that's a good that's a good call. I I didn't I wouldn't even thought about that. I just thought Rampage because it went on a rampage and destroying everything but there's that whole game where it just you know the monsters can you know destroy everything excuse me one thing would you play a star wars branded rampage where you get to play like a rancor and you just go around just destroying shit and just eating people and throwing boulders and whatnot yeah i think there's a pretty huge market for that I'm trying to think of what other animals you could be. You could be like the reek. It doesn't climb though. The whole thing about those animals they climb. So maybe you could be like like the flying the flying dragon. Zool- the Brezac. Zool Beast. Oh, is it not to be cheating, right? That thing's huge. <laughs> but <laughs> or, or, oh, um you know, something that they haven't brought they haven't brought in which I'm just waiting for them to bring in is a Rathtar. Yes. How I yes. mean how what's the over under before Rathtars are shown? In Bad Batch? In Bad Batch or in any of the new stuff because that is a crazy awesome monster that ha- they have not touched on since that one scene in The Force Awakens. And Finn actually talks about how that there was some horrible massacre that sounds like Rathars just destroyed like an entire village or town or settlement or something. If we're not going to talk about their appearance in the comics, they they are in some of the comics. Um, but Rathars are in. Well, I guess they're only they're not on screen, but they talk about them in Resistance. And so that would be fun. I would be mm-hmm. on board for sure. Um, the probability of them bringing in a bad batch, I would say pretty high. I'd probably give it 50-50 at this point because bad batch seems to be drying from a lot of materials. But yeah, I'm still thinking about like 8-bit video games that uh, you could play in the Star Wars universe. Um, yeah. Yeah, I would play. I would definitely play Star Wars, Star Wars Rampage with a Rancor, or a Zillow, or a Rathtar, or a Brezak. I think that would be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a um, oh, what's what are the names of those things in Lords of the Sith? They are uh, like kind of like the apex predators on Ryloth. Yeah, what are those called? They're called. They have like a weird name. Yeah. Makes uh, them. They sounds just, like a sounds, sounds like kind a of word. Like a, yeah, like, almost like a like a flower or something, but it's like lilac. Lilac, yeah. Yeah, lilacs. That's right. That would be awesome. They're like huge praying mantises mm-hmm. or something, or some sort of like scorpion style thing. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, we should we should start writing this. Let's get an eight bit emulator and start writing Star Wars games illegally. <laughs> Well, it's not illegal if you're just doing it for fun. Let's say the idea is you make the game, and then you sell it as, um, 
you know, Star Wars later, and it just gets rebranded. You just create rand, you just use random monsters and say, "Oh, this could be Rathtar," or that was that's been my whole uh, idea for creating video games is that you just create something generic and then try to get it branded by like Star Wars or Star Trek or some other franchise that that can uh, set you up with a a nice amount of money. It's a great that's a great conspiracy theory. We'll we'll <laughs> change this to we'll change this podcast to an unlistened to um launching platform for um unplayable eight bit video games set maybe in the Star Wars universe. There's enough um conspiracies out there that it's no big deal, we'll just fit right in. Our rating system, for those of you who have not listened to our previous episodes, we rate episodes on a scale kind of uh a good a good episode would be a like an original char- uh, original trilogy character like Luke, Han, Leia, Chewie. Uh, a really bad episode would be um, something like um, Cammy. Nice. The girl that doesn't want to have anything to do with Luke in the scene that she's cut out of and who returns in a dream sequence in the novelization of The Last Jedi. So on a scale from Han to Kami, uh, what do you what do you rate uh, Rampage? It's a very good episode, so I'm gonna give it one of my favorite characters ratings, and that's Jabba the Hutt. I Solid. I had so much fun. I had so much fun watching this episode. We don't talk about the episodes before we record this, but I texted you and I said I'm laughing out loud at this episode. That's that's all I said to you all day about it. But I had so much fun with this episode. So, Jabba the Hutt, the original, original gangster. <laughs> what would cool. you What would you rate it? What character? Well, I guess I w- um, I would uh, give it something along the same you know theme, and since you took Jabba, I would probably take. I would give it a 99, 99 being the the droid taskmaster uh, in Jabba's palace. Uh, I you know thoroughly enjoyed you know, this episode. I enjoyed that scene. The poor gonk droid, you know, is getting <laughs> tortured, and uh, 99 is uh, telling R2 to basically shut up. Female female droid, female type droid, and a very very exciting scene. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense at all. Yeah. We, we can talk about that scene some other time. Yeah, droids seem to... Either they feel no pain or they feel a ton of pain. They can't do anything. Or they're they're almost completely sentient. You know, why hasn't there been any kind of like machine rebellion? We're warming up to it in the novels and stuff. Yeah. But I guess that's it for us this week, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Well, I just want to thank you for downloading and listening to us rant and we're putting up with our jokes. Um, we don't we don't promote ourselves very much, but if you like the episode, you can rate us on iTunes or Stitcher or wh- whatever podcatcher you use, and you can subscribe to us. Um, you can interact with us on Twitter at Yubcast. I go on there just about every day just to see what people are bitching about. Star, no Star, Wars, Star Wars fans don't bitch about things, man. I don't know where this is coming from. Yeah, they're the calmest, chillest group of people on the planet. <laughs> I, I, I read way too many tweets today about how Moochie's named incorrectly. Um, 
It just they get mad about everything. It's hilarious. Yeah. No, I <laughs> I got super mad about you know the uh, Divapalaba death scene. I got super mad about the first episode of season two of the Mandalorian. You know, I got um, annoyed with Ahsoka's lightsaber color. It's like we're Star Wars people. We are just detail driven. You know, we live and die by the most minute details. You know, and if those change, it's a blood feud that will you know worst last thing, generations. The worst thing that could have ever happened to us. Yes, the color of Ahsoka's lightsabers are different in a novel than they are in a cartoon. But you heard it here first, everyone. Jamie's a toxic Star Wars fan. Yeah. So please, please donate to my Venmo, because yeah. I have to talk with him every day. Yeah, and and, it, and I like Return of the Jedi, you know. Or I like I like the Last Jedi, you know. Fight me. But I think that's it for us this yeah. week. Yeah. Uh, tell you know, tell a friend. You know, if you uh, if you enjoyed it, you know, you want to uh, share it with a. A friend who's really into Star Wars, or if you just want to pull a prank on somebody you really don't like and you think we suck, tell them about us too. Either way. Counts as a download on our stats, so we'll take it. Yeah. Alright, see everybody next week for episode 6 of Clone War- or Bad Batch. Who knows what it'll be <laughs> called. But we'll design an 8-bit video game based on it as well. Alright. Thank you for downloading and listening to this episode. We would also like to thank Jordan White for the use of his cover of Yub Nub as our intro and outro music. Please refer to the show notes for photos, clips, and links from this episode. Side effects from listening to Yubcast may include dizziness, dry mouth, a sense of confusion, and decreased sex drive. Serious side effects may include speaking in Ewok, speculating the origins of prequel characters, and wondering why two grown men discuss children's cartoons on the internet. For a complete list of side effects or to complain about the show, please visit us on Twitter at Yubcast or drop us an email at noochbaderproductions at gmail.com. Thanks again. We will see you again next week with a new episode. Yubcast is not affiliated with Lucasfilm or the Walt Disney Company. Star Wars, its characters, and creations are the property of Lucasfilm and its parent company, the Walt Disney Company. Yubcast is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. Go to